A note. Following advice from work-life imbalance may lead to action being taken by HR, your family, the authorities, or higher powers. Work-Life Imbalance, an advice show focusing on workplace and lifestyle issues. Any resemblance to actual advice, living or dead, or actual wisdom is purely coincidental. I'm your monstrous manager, Frank Eastman. And I'm your totally healthy and human-lovable office companion, Derek Lewis. Today, we'll be discussing training in the deep dive before we answer an audience question. But first... Time for the Daily Stand-Up. Please, Human Frank, what is in store for the Daily Stand-Up? Well, Derek, I have it in my notes for the show as the inherent frailty of our flesh husks. (laughs) As a completely healthy and normal human being, I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Uh, So, you're feeling great, and I'm... Like, I don't yet have the sickness. Uh, Disturbed has not visited yet my home. (laughs) 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 Okay, we can... Okay, no more robo-voice. This is what I actually sound like. I'm sorry. Oh, Jesus (laughs) Christ, Eric. (laughs) Do you you prefer the (laughs) robo-voice? I prefer the soothing mechanical tones of your previous incarnation. See, but I I was... I'm a little bit disappointed. I thought the robo-voice would work a little better. Um, I thought it would be more convincing, but I guess, like, the British lady was probably not the best one to go with. Um, Because, I mean, you guys have heard my British accent. You know... You know that's not me. I cannot do a British accent, so... Yeah, there was a couple things that might have given it away. But that was the primary thing. (laughs) But, uh, so, yeah, I I figured we could just talk about the fact that, uh, at least I have begun to reach an age where shit just doesn't work right anymore. Yeah. (laughs) And, and you Uh, apparently... You might want to be a little more specific about that, Frank, just like... I mean, we're just gonna go all up and down the block there, Derek. We can... (laughs) I can start at the top of my head and go all the way down to my toes and just list off all the things where I'm like, in my 20s, that worked fine. And now, mm -mm, no. Oh, goodness. (sighs) Yeah, the thing that, like, between you being so sick that we weren't sure if we would necessarily be able to record, and, like, I just made a doctor's appointment for a specialist. Uh Uh-oh. (laughs) i've never fun yeah i've reached an age where now the things that i have that i need taken care of they're like "Mm, (laughs) you're probably gonna have to see someone who specializes in that (laughs) you are you are no longer uh all-purpose shitty you are very specialized form of shitty brought on by age and uh (laughs) lack of appropriate use of whatever oh yeah no like Bad, <laughs> hard usage has led to some <laughs> failure of uh, different components here. Right. <laughs> and that's a that's a weird thing. Like, you know, in your 20s and your early 30s, I think, 
uh, you go to the doctor when you're sick. Like, mm. I woke up and I have pneumonia and I would like to not have pneumonia anymore. And then the doctor cures me of that. Mm-hmm. You know, or, or just like even an upper respiratory infection or something where they can just slap some steroids and, and a Z-pack on it and then you get healed. Right. <laughs> and, and then there eventually comes a point in your life where it's just like, nah, that's fucked up now. You you can't use that piece anymore. That piece that piece is broken. Right. Irrevocably so. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm thirty two, so I'm I'm, you know, still kind of in the, the middle of your uh scale of when things from go from okay to bad. Uh, but I never, you know, I was never particularly physically fit in my youth. Like I've always been, uh, overweight and, you know, pretty hesitant to go to the doctor and stuff like that. So, so I feel that I have by, uh, by being ridden hard and put up wet a few too many times, <laughs> uh, as far as like Ooh. physical disrepair goes, I think I, I may have accelerated that, that accelerated that slightly, but, uh, yeah, by and large, like most of my problems are things that are like. I guess it's, I guess it's somewhat, I don't know if it's reassuring or like less so that whatever I go to the doctor and they're like, yeah, you've got this, 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 and this wrong. All of it is because you're a fat motherfucker. Um, it, it gives you a road to like redemption. Like, you know, you know, I can fix this. There's something I can do at least. Right. Where, like if I lose weight, maybe... Maybe then I'll get better. Right. But the problem is, is that right around the corner from your fucking doctor's office is a McDonald's. And after I got bad news, the one thing I want to do <laughs> is I want to make myself feel better by cramming my, my gob full of McDonald's. Seeing how many chicken nuggets can fit down my gob before before I enter a coma. <laughs> Let's see, how many chicken nuggets do it take for me to feel better? One, two, it's like the, the bird in that uh, Tootsie Roll pop. Right. One, two, 65. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it now, is. I, I will say, honestly, I've never eaten more than 25 chicken nuggets in one sitting. because They only uh, give you 20, Derek. I don't, you but can't I might... get more than well, 20 at a time right 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 right. And, and i think they are like obligated by law that if they sell you more than one pack of 20 you have to sign some sort of waiver but like otherwise you're making meth with it well exactly <laughs> like there's no acceptable use that you can get out of more than 20 chicken nuggets derek's um, making some of that crystal nug <laughs> crystal nug uh so yeah I, I i bought like two of the 20 packs and I was like, you know what? I'm, I, I swear to God, it had to be linked to like World of Warcraft. Like, it's like, okay, I've got a raid. I got to keep up my energy. <laughs> so let's buy, <laughs> let's buy all these chicken nuggets and like have them at the ready. And Get some uh, healthy protein. It's right. Chicken. Right. It's good for I you. Mean, it's like pure carb, pure protein. And that's it. Like, it's even like somewhat like post-processed because it's like the the pink slime or whatever so it's almost like protein powder in, <laughs> in a greasy yeah. form of a way uh so yeah i i was like sitting there just chomping on them and i got through the first box uh, which was 20 and then i started on the second one and 
like about five in, I was like, like, I'm not really full. I don't really feel bad. I don't feel a whole lot of anything anymore. (laughs) (laughs) My hands have gone numb. (laughs) It's like, I, I don't know if this is what I'm supposed to be feeling, but I do feel that if it gets worse, it will affect my, my, uh, (laughs) contribution to the raid. So (laughs) maybe, Uh. maybe switch to, to fries after that. I don't know. I think I shall be right back. I think I had a small stroke from eating too many chicken nuggets. <laughs> uh, and and with me, like right now, I've got like I've got an itchy spot. That's it. It's just a spot that's itchy, and it's on my wrist. Like I can't wear my watch anymore. Uh huh. And I went to my GP, and the GP was originally like. <laughs> Do you know what it is, Frank? It's because you had the fucking Fitbit, and your body is like my body is a... rejecting the Fitbit. That's yes, what it it's is. Like, it's my like body is like, <laughs> no, we will not. <laughs> we reject this health. Oh, <laughs> uh, I forget on. what it. I forget where I saw it, but it was somewhere online. Someone was like, with a Fitbit. It's just like a Tamagotchi, except the annoying little creature that you have to keep alive is you. you. <laughs> oh, I like that. Oh, uh, but yeah. And so like the doctor was like, oh, it might be, you know, like uh, an allergic reaction to your laundry detergent or mm-hmm. this or that or whatever. And I have spent the last two months hunting down and destroying all all fragrances as if I'm leading some sort of anti-fragrance crusade. Like right. we, we have gone back to prohibition times and I'm like, no, we must, we must buy the, the gentle free and clear tide, not the tide that smells like spring breezes. Like you start walking through the house and you catch like a, a faint whiff of lavender and you just go on a war path. It's exactly. Like, there shall be no lavender in my house. I mean, I do that anyway, just because I, I fucking hate the smell of lavender. But, uh, <laughs> other other good, like, fruity, flowery smells are normally okay. But fuck lavender. Yeah. But apparently going on a pogrom against all, all scents and dyes has not necessarily helped. So the next step mm. was, like, you need to see a specialist. You need to go to the dermatologist. dermatologist and I was like... Yeah. God damn it. I know I'm going to walk into this doctor's office waiting room and it's going mm-hmm. to be me and 5,000 70-year-olds. Like, that's that's how it goes in specialist's office. Yeah, I'm the same way. Uh, and I, I wish you hadn't said that because now that's all I can think about. Because all the specialists that I go to are... Are, it's not like young people in there. Like it's, I'm not going to fucking sports medicine. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to the place where typical healthy people go. I, I'm going to like, you know, the, uh, the sleep specialists and stuff like that for like, for CPAP <laughs> where you walk in there and it's literally like 60, 70 year old, 450 pound people are in there just like, barely you know hanging on to their oxygen tanks like not to disparage anybody i'm just just personal experience but yeah they're just sitting there just just puffing on their oxygen tanks and i'm like i don't know if this is a preview or if they're just like or if they're just like the advanced class or something <laughs> but, but i want this I is want what you least... level up into derek oh no oh no 
Uh, but no, I, I, I don't like that. I don't like that feeling. I, I want to go into a place where yeah, the, the doctors treat people who have too much youth. Like, <laughs> that's what I want, my, I want my problem you to be. You ran too hard and pulled your ACL. Right. <laughs> Man, the only reason I'd only reason I ever tear my ACL is if I had to, like, shift too quickly to catch a gummy bear before it hit the floor. <laughs> and it's completely unnecessary, too, because I know that after the gummy bear hits the floor, I would still eat it. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not even that concerned. It was just a it was just a gut reaction. But no, I, I, I still think that uh, the the most likely reason that you have that sort of uh contact dermatitis or whatever it is it is because your body is saying uh we will not have the fitbit we will we reject that outright <laughs> well i have stopped wearing the fitbit i no longer know how many steps in a day that i get Derek. i don't know what my heart rate is this this absolute second i used so, to i i will ask you did you ever do anything with that information when you knew it this isn't a time for judgment Derek. <laughs> It's not judgment. It's just just trying to trying to learn. <laughs> sometimes it's fun to see things like, oh, that was a scary movie. I wonder what my heart rate looks like right now. <laughs> and then you look at your heart rate, and it's scarier and, than the movie was. And oh, it just says cheeseburger, and you're like, mm. <laughs> oh, uh, want to get to the uh, deep dive? The less time we spend dwelling on our mortal mortality the better especially as bad as i feel all right so today on the deep dive we're going to talk about work sponsored training now sometimes when you are at a company and they switch to a new uh new software architecture or you know a new a new paradigm of how to do certain things uh or they're you know you know, buying into a brand new like accounting system or something like that you know you may have to either be sent or uh have uh some training brought in so that you can, you know, get the most out of whatever new thing they're trying to do. Now that presents a lot of, uh, interesting problems, especially if you're, if you're sent away for training, um, because that means that, you know, there's five, 10, 15, 20 people from your office going somewhere to all do this training. Um, so you get to have a little, um, friendly bonding excursion, but so, so let's back up. So Frank, um, what, what, uh, what are my experiences with, with going away to training? Mm -hmm. Um, for, for me, I've had not a lot, but a, a few, and it's, it's kind of a different situation, I think, than a lot of like software developers get. Mm -hmm. So at, at my last job, I got sent away for this big, uh, sort of week long training intensive thing where I got certified to actually teach courses. Mm -hmm. on some stuff uh that we were we were doing in the office and and that was fine but it was like me and one other person right and that's generally how my training goes it's not like we're we're gathering up a whole bunch of people and we're we're sending them to training mm -hmm. except very rarely uh and usually when i'm in a bulk training it's it's such a large bulk training that they have uh, decided to cut their uh cut their costs and actually bring like a trainer in to train everybody as opposed to send everybody off for training mm -hmm. but the couple of times that i've gone out for training it's been it's been interesting it's one of those situations where it's like you're in a new city and this city could be a lot of fun 
And you don't get to enjoy any of that because Not at all. <laughs> you're here to sit in like the airport hotel conference room and listen to somebody drone on for four to five hours at a stretch. And it's like they bring in some some lunch and I put quotes around it. You know, it's like <laughs> catered sandwiches or something like that. And right. it's not terrible, but it's one of those things that for, for whatever reason, even when you're you know, quote unquote released or whatever, and you've got the rest of the day to kill. You don't want to do anything. No, I, I usually just, not. I'm like, cool. I'm going to go back upstairs to my room. We're having the training in the same place that I've got my hotel room and I'm just going to go upstairs. And I'm going to lay down and that's right. it. Absolutely. And see that that's the part that's, that's kind of frustrating about it is because, you know, a, like you said, you know, they, they put you up in these, like, uh, wherever you go for training, it's never something that is like super swanky. It doesn't feel like it feels like it's always this kind of like side room off of, you know, an otherwise, uh, all purpose building. Like it's, it's not going to be super comfortable. Um, and so like <clears throat> you're supposed to be there for four or five hours at, at a stretch. Uh, normally it's, you know, a, a block eight to five with a couple of breaks and, and lunch in there. Um, Lunch being, like you said, a catered lunch where they kind of maybe, I don't know, jettison you off to uh, another smaller room to, to mingle for a second, or they just kind of like, <laughs> they kind of like just put out the food troughs and you go grab some and run back to your seat. Um, yeah. And, you know, you, you go through all this and it, it depends on the type of training it is. Some training is, is really interesting and it's very, uh, it, it sucks you in and you really get, uh, like, like it's fun while you're doing it. That is, that is, that's only happened once. Like in all the times I've been to training, that is literally only, there's only been one thing that I went that I was excited about everything else. It has been a, it has been a struggle from minute one to stay awake. And that's why like you get through eight hours of that and you, you don't feel like being social. You don't feel like being uh, active or, I mean, fuck, like, I don't even want to talk to the pizza delivery guy. I want him to slip the pizza under my, my, the door of my hotel room and I will, I'll PayPal him, whatever it is. I'll, I'll pay online. <laughs> I don't even want to see anybody. I just, I just want to, to veg out and, and I don't know, just, just turn everything off. And because the thing is like, you're going to have to do it again the next day. So you can't like go out, go buck wild, go, you know, uh, go drinking or hanging out with people at a bar or something like that. Like you're going to have to be up and bright eyed and bushy tailed at seven 30 to do the whole damn thing again. And that is, that is so difficult to, to try to actually have fun in a city that you've been sent to when you know, you have, you know, four more days of that. Oh, uh, my, my last big training, so we stayed in a, in a, like, hotel. The training was literally across the highway at a slightly nicer hotel <laughs> in a conference room. Mm -hmm. So we'd get up, we'd go from one hotel to the other hotel across the street to right. do that whole eight hours in the thing and then get back in the car and drive around. The most exciting thing that happened was not fun. Uh -oh. On the on the first night, my charge cable for my phone broke, mm. and I did not realize it until I had charged my phone that oh, you know no. desperately needed juice. Uh huh. And 
you know, I, I had let it sit there and then I come back to it four hours later and it has only gone down and is not charging and nothing I can do is going to have it charge. Mm -hmm. And so I had enough power on the phone that I was able to look up where a Walmart was because <laughs> it was the middle of the night and that's the only thing that's going to be open. Right. And then I got to play... Man, I hope I can remember where the hell that Walmart is because my <laughs> phone's dead. And doing so in a big, strange city like this was right. Dallas, Texas. Oh, no. And yeah. I've never been to Dallas. I know nothing about Dallas at this point. And so I'm like buzzing down the highway, randomly fucking guessing. Like, I think it said it was a couple of miles this way, but my phone died. So I have no idea. And that was about the most excitement that I got was finding a Walmart in the middle of the night in a strange city. Wow. Yeah, I've, I've never been to Dallas either, but but big cities where you're not not familiar with it. I mean, even if they aren't even like enormous cities, like just every city has their structure laid out a little bit differently. Like in Birmingham, like I, I still have there's some parts of the city where I still have just pull up GPS because I could probably get there. But it's just like, fuck it. I'm just, I'm, I don't I don't want to sit there and like circle around a couple blocks because i forgot where some where some turn was like when when and then when i go outside of birmingham like there's no ch there's no chance of me being able to navigate without you know gps help so i just say fuck it put up the gps so like trying to find anything without the use of my gps in a city i didn't know um that would that would cause me to just have conniption after conniption like I, would you have to go would you like stop and ask somebody it's like <laughs> Hey, buddy. I'm not going to have any human interaction. Derek. I was about to say. <laughs> Even around here, like, I live here. This is a place where I live, and I've lived here for 10 years. And sometimes I'll go somewhere, and someone will be in the car with me, and they'll be like, what? Why did you go that way? And I'm like, <laughs> that's the way I know how to go. <laughs> and if there's a shorter path, I don't want to hear about it. Right. <laughs> because it's like, I know for a fact that it's two miles over there, but I have no idea what little back road to take to get over there. So I'm going to take the main roads to get over there in a very roundabout fashion. And you can shut the fuck up. <laughs> and they recently, they, they recently changed uh, one of the exits downtown. So as essentially one of the exits no, used to take you and put you in a particular part of the city. Well, now you take the exit and it literally is now like a mile and a half long and it puts you on the other side of the goddamn city. And like there, there are no like large connecting roads to go from one to the other. So you have to drive block by block all the way across the fucking city because Google didn't know that, that this road was, was new or had been changed. Well, the first time I took that exit, I thought that it was just going to be the movie Castaway at that point. Like I, <laughs> I now live in downtown. Right. This is where I live. I, I can't get home. I don't know where I'm at and I will die here. Well, at least you'd be pretty close to the, the kick-ass uh, Puerto Rican place. Uh, so uh, that, that big training I went to, and here's the other thing about training. <laughs> so I took this long week-long training thing so that I could get trained up, and I got the certification and all that. I get to my new job, and they want to leverage that certification. Mm -hmm. That's fine. I go in there to my certification, and they have released an incremental update to the certification, mm. meaning I now have to certify my certification, <laughs> which means I'm now in training again 
for the certification that I already have. God bless. To learn no. like the five percent of new shit that they have changed in the in the incremental update. Right. And and I will say that's that's something that I'm I'm pretty glad is like a software engineer. We don't necessarily have that very much. Like there's some parts where it's like, you know, Microsoft certifications for particular technologies and things like that. Um, but by and large, like unless you just care about that, like it, it's not going to necessarily affect a whole lot because I mean, frankly, any job that required me to have like those certifications are probably not the ones that I want. Cause they, they they're kind of missing the point a little bit, but, uh, the the thing that I find is the most frustrating with uh, with like software training um, is w- whether you're sent somewhere or whether somebody is brought in or or what. Sometimes your your higher ups don't necessarily know what they're what they're getting into because you know maybe that the, maybe this trainer or this company that is, that does training has been recommended by like a friend or you know another person uh, in the community who said hey you know these guys are, are pretty good or more likely these guys are really affordable. Um, you guys should, should train with these, the, this company or these people. And unfortunately the variability of quality of training is very high. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because some, some of these people get brought in and like, like a week, a week long training by somebody who is really good at training, who knows, what the industry is calling for uh, and knows what your needs are like that one week of training can provide like five, 10, 15 times multiplier on, you know, your productivity. Like they can accelerate you so fast into like a, just a a new, you know, a new phase of development or something like that. Um, Some of them can, can do really well. Um, Some of them can be so bad as to actually make it harder to progress uh, in that technology because sometimes you know the the training will will show you their specific implementation of it and, and that is the worst case scenario because now not only do you not know like the core of of what this technology is but now you've been taught a particular and not very good way to do it so you're going to have to completely rewire everything you know about that in order to do it the right way. And, and that is so fucking frustrating. And that has been most of my trainings. Almost every single <laughs> one of my trainings has ended up just like that. And, and to go back to the office, like charged up, like you were like, Oh yeah, this is the best. And then you start doing it and you're like, Oh shit, this, this is awful. Like this is the worst way. <laughs> like they, they, they put in like doctorate level research to find the worst way and then taught us how to do it. Like, this is bad. I mean, I've seen them where it was bad enough where people were like, we need this week-long training in order to do stuff. And then they get the week-long training and they're like, okay, cool. We need this week-long training to do stuff. And management's <laughs> like, yeah, you you just got out of it. And it's like, yeah, I know, but nobody knows anything like, right. it was the opposite of helpful. I think everybody came out of training dumber than when they went in. Right. That one's problematic. Or sometimes, like, the, the thing that I'm dealing with now is that everybody got trained on a particular methodology mm-hmm. that was not correct. And Whoa. my job, to some extent, is to oh, yeah. disabuse them <laughs> of the training that was previously offered. Right. 
And that is an uphill battle, you know, where it's like someone already came in and told us this. And it's like, yeah, but they were wrong. And I'm going to need you to forget everything that you ever heard <laughs> and follow along with me. I'm tr- I, I promise you, I'm trying to laugh about this, but like, I, because I, I, I see what you're talking about and that it, it is going to be the, one of the biggest problems that you and I have ever faced in our career because, because not only were these people taught incorrectly and taught a lot of really bad habits as like core principles, like here are your core principles and they are all bad habits. And like that, that is going to be very hard to unlearn. But, but apart from that, like they weren't happy to begin with, like they didn't want to do this. So the fact that not only did they, did they get training that they didn't want, but now it was, it was actively bad and they're twice as, as displeased at the fact that it is bad. And that now they have to be retaught again another training course that would have to happen to fix all the shitty stuff that that they had been taught. And it's going to be, you're right. It's going to be such an uphill battle and it's going to be so bad. And I, I like just on a small scale of me being like, you know, a half software engineer, half scrum master on my team, like me trying to convince my people that, uh, who were already kind of, uh, in the lurch from the, the first part of the transition, um, convincing them that there's going to be a lot more and but this time i promise it, it's going to be good like <laughs> we, we are so fucked oh, oh yeah God. <laughs> oh it is it is not fun at all to have to stand there in front of everybody and, and basically say yeah no that's that is wrong what you just said it's it's a little like i come in and they're like we have archers and I go, cool, all of you have learned how to shoot a bow. And they're like, yes, we have. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, cool, give me the steps. And they're like, step one, you take an arrow and a hammer. And I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. what? Whoa. And then they're like, and then you hammer the arrow through your foot. And I'm like, we've got one thing that's right. <laughs> And so many things that are wrong. Oh, oh, oh. It's like, oh. all right, guys, time for archery practice. But it hurts so bad. It's like, hmm. There I think might we be might something. be doing this wrong. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, Want to get to the audience question? Yep, let's do that. You're the new guy at an office. What's the fastest way to ingratiate yourself with your coworkers to smooth the transition? Sent in by Chris. Hmm. So if it's if it's my current place of work, it's wait until someone goes on some sort of carb restricted diet, and then bring in fucking donuts every day. <laughs> fucking donuts and like literal mounds of of pizza, and just sit it in the in the table and tell people go nuts. That is clearly clearly the best option you know i I was gonna like my first my first instinct was just to say you know bring in food bring in like cookies or brownies or you know something um you know i I think donuts and and pizza and shit like that like yeah that's that's fine like people like those but like they're they're not like special in any way 
Yeah, you get the donut and no one's going to necessarily remember you. Like, right. it's a thing that everyone does in order to get in on everyone's good side. Mm-hmm. And so at this point, it's a little played out, I think. Right, right. So if you're going with food, like, do something that's a little bit more interesting. You know, you know, go with, um, like, some, some something homemade. You know, like, if you have, like, a really good recipe for, like, brownies or, like, sausage balls and stuff like that. Um, that that's what kind of what I ended up doing with... Uh, you know, one job where essentially I started a couple weeks before like the, the Thanksgiving potluck and, uh, and, you know, Jessica makes these really amazing sausage balls. And, you know, we, we essentially made like, you know, two big, like catering pans full of them. And I brought them up there and I didn't necessarily say there from me right away, just to kind of make sure that everybody was like jiving with them. <laughs> I, I didn't want to be like the guy who brought in like two pans full of salmonella. Um, I was going to say, we discussed that like, before. Who, who gave everyone in the office food poisoning? And you're like, right. I don't know, man, that sucks. It was my first week too. And suddenly everybody was stricken. Right. <laughs> Uh, but so like after I saw that people were really just like chowing down on them, you know, then, you know, I, somebody said like, like who, who bought the sausage balls? She's like, I was like, Oh, I, I bought the sausage balls. And so that, then it kind of like spread like wildfire. And then like, you know, I had people walking up to me like two weeks later going, Oh man, you're the guy that brought the sausage balls. I was like, yes, I was. That's, that is correct. Didn't do anything else than, than label me as sausage balls guy. Um, <laughs> I, uh, sausage balls guy, huh? Yeah. All right. Nobody learned my name, but that's fine. Uh, at least uh, it's better than like an alternative. Like if you just like, I don't know, blow up a toilet the first day you're there, like that's going to put a negative connotation <laughs> to your face. Um, at least with this, this was, po- this was a positive thing that people knew me for. Even if that's the only thing they knew me for, <laughs> for my salty sausagey balls. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm trying to think. Uh, what's a non food based one? Like I I'm trying to think of what a non food based one would be. Yeah, I my go to is uh, you just bring everybody a kitten. <laughs> I'm I'm trying hard to find that funny. <laughs> but in, but in real, as, as a responsible animal owner, uh, all I'm thinking is that I I don't think you vetted everybody to to see whether or not they'd be a responsible kitten owner. Oh, that's true. I guess. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm really just fucking the goose up today. I'm. <laughs> I'm thinking you're right with with that the kitten the kitten idea is fraught. Uh huh. So. I'm going to reach back to the seventies and I think you bring each person on the team, a pet rock. There we go. There we go. <laughs> so I, I am not familiar with like the craze of pet rocks. Was there any like shtick to them or was it literally just, just here's your goddamn rock. Like it was, it was just, here's your goddamn rock. I think it was the, the, Pet-based shit posting of the 1970s. <laughs> like everybody's like, oh, memes are such a millennial thing. No, it, it's always been there. Everyone's right. done some stupid bullshit. Like every decade or so, there's there's a thing. And I think then that was what the pet rock was. It was right. it was just a rock. 
And it, I think it had like a little certificate, you right. know, stating that this was a pet rock. Did it even have like a face drawn on it or anything? No. Nah. Is it like draw your own face type of thing? Yeah, I think I think you get to draw your own face on the rock. So there you go. I think that that's a really good answer to the question is you bring everybody a pet rock. Frank, I want to be honest. If if we started working together, you brought me a goddamn rock. I I'm, <laughs> I mean, I might be thankful for when I have reason to throw it at you later. But uh, I, I will, unfortunately, be a little bit. Uh, I, I won't be as grateful as you think. I, I don't know if I could be grateful for a rock. Like, <laughs> even if you called it a pet rock. All right. Oh. So no kittens, no rocks, something that you're grateful for. Mm hmm. I mean, you can go kind of like the, uh, like throwing money around type of thing. Like I, somebody that I used to work with when they started day one, um, you just Venmo everybody five bucks. <laughs> well, okay. So, you know, not, not quite as like literally throw money around, but, uh, essentially, uh, they gave everybody like $10, like Dave and Buster's, uh, gift cards. Now I did find out later on that it was because they had like an absolute like shit ton of them. Um, they did not purchase them. They had been gifted like, like literally like fifty ten dollar Dave and Buster gift cards, and so they just like give them out when they start working somewhere. And there were like ten people on the, on in our area, so like he gave out you know a hundred dollars worth of uh, Dave and Buster's gift cards. I think um, the takeaway that I'm getting from this though, Derek, is that you just regift, and so take everything absolutely. that you got for Christmas. Uh-huh. And bring it to the office and give it to people on your first day. I mean, it, it's almost a fucking flawless plan. I guess it does kind of depend what type of gifts you got. Like, here's it, some moderately used socks. <laughs> I think I think they have to be packed fresh. Like I think that is important, but if it's like, you know, you didn't want to get rid of anything that you got for Christmas, except for stuff that like your grandma gave you. Um, but all she gave you was underwear and socks. Uh, and she hasn't, and she's not updated on your, your particular preference of undergarment. So it's actually like tidy whities. So like, <laughs> all right, guys, I got everybody, men and women alike, some, some busted ass white Hanes, tidy whities. <laughs> Do with them what you will, and think of me when you do. <laughs> I don't think that helps. But no, I, I think generally uh, regifting is probably not a, a bad idea. So uh, one thing you can do is if you don't want to do something individual to everybody, um, which that can get expensive or um, can sometimes seem a little bit like too try hard, is that, you know, if if the place you're going is, is somewhat cool about it, um, you know, maybe, you know, have like a little like desk game or something that, uh, people can kind of like stop by and, and kind of tinker with while they're, they're talking to you and stuff like that. Um, like I had like a, it's a little desk toy where you have little, the little hoop, uh, and it's like a little basketball game from like the eighties. Um, you know, I had one of those and people come by and play it. Um, that was kind of fun. Um, All right, so just set up like a stunt track for those little finger skateboards. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, man. You're speaking my fucking language. Dude, I'd bring my tech deck and hang out all day. Jeez, man. (laughs) 
Oh, man, that put a smile on my face. Like, I went from zero to 60, my friend. <laughs> I think we hit on it then. Yeah, I think this is it. I think you, you set up a little tech deck skate park at your desk uh, with with some, like, you know, that and not everybody has to bring their own fingerboard. You know, you can have some around for demo purposes. But, yeah, then people can come by and while they're talking to you or they can have a little skate competition and stuff like that. I am all for this. <laughs> Well, I know what I'm going to be doing at my next new job. <laughs> oh, you know, I like that way more than I thought I would. Like, I thought we were just goofing. <laughs> but now I'm like, I would fucking love that. Like, like Frank, if, if you know, I know that it's been a few years since we, like, you know, we're, we're new co-workers, like truly new co-workers to each other. But if you brought a little, like, tech deck, like vert ramp and uh, a little street park thing, Man, I would have been your I would have been your best friend <laughs> from day one. Oh, <laughs> uh, I want that so bad. <laughs> want to go to an issue from the internet, Derek? Well, Frank, I I looked around the the internet and come to find out that at least for right now, uh, it seems like all the issues have all been solved. We have we have solved everything on the internet. Although everybody may be suffering from a. Uh, internet connectivity problems. I don't know if everybody's getting that error or if it's just me, but uh, I think, I think we can punch the clock knowing that we have done a good job. If you'd like to send us a question to answer on air, please send them to questions at WLICast.com. If you want to connect with us, you can go to WLICast.com where you'll find all of our social media links and also links to our store, Patreon and other ways you can support the show. Speaking of support, there is nothing better for growing our audience than word of mouth. And that means that if you like the show, share us with people you know, tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell a frenemy. This has been the Work-Life Imbalance Podcast. I'm Frank Eastman. And I'm Derek Lewis. And with that, I think we're going to have to transfer you. Oh my good. I'm wondering if that would work with any, like, 90s toys. I mean, we've already talked about Cockring Ken. One Cockring Ken for the office, and everybody can buy little accessories for him. Like Like an office Christmas tree. Exactly!